gingerbread, nuts, tobacco, and makeup. Merry Christmas. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John Nash. This is TFG Unbuttoned. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. And uh, welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. I'm Tim Bennett here with John Nash. Be sure to John T. Nash. Make sure you put the T in there. I uh, Be sure to join us here every Tuesday for our podcast, TFG Unbuttoned. Thanks to our friends at Critics' Choice Video who bring us to you each week. And be sure to also find all of our media housed at focusgroupradio.com along with our show, The Focus Group, with Tim Bennett and John Nash, which airs on Wednesdays and an audio version on Saturdays. But again, you'll find everything at focusgroupradio.com. Hello, Mr. Nash. I I had to restrain myself from guffawing, a word I love, out loud at once again, a well-scripted teaser opener. <laughs> well, I always I was just going to say Merry Christmas, but, you know, it... it uh, you know, some weeks it just keeps coming, and other weeks, you know, so that <laughs> our stories this week were a little bit uh, all over the place, and I just thought, well, let me let me kind of put them in order and see what happens. So, yeah, I, this has got to be the craziest run up to the holidays I've ever experienced. Um, you know, Omicron's running wild, and every shopping's going crazy, and you know, the news is this, and then we had those horrific tornadoes down south. And I just read uh, this, the Philippines is getting over a major typhoon. When did this happen? I mean, so ho, ho, ho. And then, but Tim, I will tell you this you know what puts me in the mood for Christmas, and Bob now knows as well. So we called up Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You know, you can watch it on YouTube, the 1080. Let's say, oh, really? Full resol- yeah, full resolution with no commercials. And by the time they start singing their songs when he's a Kringle and I'm the first toy maker to the king, I'm like, okay, Christmas comes. And then Bob kind of like wet blanket was like, you know, I don't really like this one. I like Rudolph better. So he watches Rudolph afterwards. And my favorite thing about watching Rudolph is our friend Matt used to always notice, you and Matt both used to always notice how dirty the puppets got from because of stop motion. And <laughs> you and after yeah, after time, you'd see the fur matted down or like dirty fingerprints on stuff. They've cleaned it up as best they can, but it really, it's a charming, they're both charming shows. I will say, and, and in deference to the time period we live in, they were definitely made for a particular audience. Yeah. Like there are very little ethnic representations, if any at all, right? Um, and clearly Christianity t- tends to be the central part of this. Like in Santa Claus is coming to town. They're like, well, what day did, uh, Santa pick to deliver? Well, the most holy day of the, uh, on earth, the day that the Lord was born, you know, that speaks to a percentage of people who believe that, right? <laughs> well, it was all done for right, department. Rudolph was done for a department store, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, what it was yep. done for. they're saying, I was reading something over the weekend where they're now saying the Grinch, they're thinking the Grinch might've been an old gay man. <laughs> I just saw we saw the the Dr. Seuss original illustrated version of that. Yeah. And they were talking about all the how he whipped up his outfit quickly. I was just an old curmudgeon. I mean, I, and I laughed. I thought, well, you can make anything what you want it to be. But uh Well, I but you know, remember the year you did a we were on Sirius and you did a breakdown of Rudolph and yes. all the different tropes. Once you hear it, you can unhear it. And you know, when Rudolph's cast away for being different because of his nose and Santa 
gloms right on. Oh my God, what what is this? No, what's what's wrong with your nose? Get right. out of here. I mean <laughs> The coach the coach picks on him. He's dejected. Uh-huh. He's he's studious. He can't play the reindeer games. Yeah, they go to the land of misfit toys. Toys, the, yeah. The, Yukon Cornelius, the big bear. Mm-hmm. I'll show you the way. Mm-hmm. I'll yep. show you the way. <laughs> Come here, you young twink. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. Yeah. <laughs> so it's blonde hair. <laughs> Why am I such a misfit? <laughs> yeah. So there the you dentist, go. Hermie. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I was I was not disappointed, but I guess we all were disappointed by uh by, uh, you know, Maserati. Uh, Joe Maserati Manchin, drive in Millionaire Mansion. Millionaire yeah. Mansion talking about, uh, you know, the, the old working man and the poor, you know, the, the working class people of West Virginia, which just fries me every time he says it. You know, he lives on a houseboat and in, in, in D.C. and drives a Maserati. And I wonder what the the working class of. West Virginia, think of him and his Maserati and all his uh, coal mine ownership and so forth when he's, you know, constantly pushing West Virginia to be, you know, right up there to compete with Arkansas and Mississippi as to, uh, you know, the worst in child health care and all the other issues that take place in poor West Virginia. It's just disgusting. But anyway. Yeah. And, and, and of course, um, the, the most interesting statistic of all is he gets up at a podium and says, if I can't explain this bill to my constituents, I can't sign it. His constituents support it with a margin of 68% support for Build Back Better in West Virginia. Uh, So who are you representing again? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because the folks that you claim you can't read the bill to and a margin of 68% claim that they want this. And child tax credit, a whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, here we go. This is the world. No, if he can't explain it, then he shouldn't be senator. (laughs) Maybe the Maserati can explain it. So speaking of speaking of uh, misfits and morons and, and government, we've got our friend out in Colorado, Miss Lauren Bobart. She's apparently upset about cookies, John. She's upset about. Uh, she apparently heard something. She doesn't necessarily know where it is. Of course, I'd be more upset about the price. But apparently, there was a gingerbread. <laughs> You're right. The price is eye popping. But go on. So there's a gingerbread cookie. That's a gingerbread man cookie that's being sold. But this bakery is calling it a ginger person cookie. And uh, so they've got the cookie. It's two dollars and eighty cents. And there's a picture that says it's uh, you know gingerbread person cookie. And uh, somebody else tweeted, "How long will this go f- go on for? When's the you know how long before the term person becomes offensive?" And uh, so she's got herself all tuned up about it. Apparently, this also started way back in 2018. Tucker Carlson and a few others on Fox News were t- tuned up with a uh, a bakery in Scotland. I guess that also had a problem about not calling these gingerbread men cookies i um don't they have better things to do with their time even taking out the garbage and keeping your mouth shut would be a better thing to do with your time the the other thing you were mentioning about um back in 2018 was a woman named tammy bruce and she was a guest on tucker carlson and she was enraged that there were gender neutral gingerbread people being sold now of course the one they show has a little gingerbread tie like some people could wear a necktie but you know, is this is this an after is this the side effect of the always on cable news network that you have to have something to talk about? And oh, oh, oh my God, gingerbread men. How dare they call gingerbread people? <laughs> right? You know, I do. I, I will say I do think we've gone. We've swung way too far the other way. I mean, they're, they're gingerbread men. Right. I do think they are. I, I call them that. I, maybe it's wrong. I, I do think it sounds weird to call them gingerbread persons or gingerbread people. Do you? I don't know. I wouldn't well, make the, a big fuss about it, but well, the bakery that you that uh, that she uh, Lauren Bobert put in her tweet had a little 
gingerbread thing, and it's a gingerbread person. Two dollars and eighty cents a cookie. Two hundred sixty calories, and the cookie's not that big. But right. know, by my guesstimate, it's like the size of a business card. <laughs> so, you're, it would be better to be outraged at the cost of the cookie, right? right. A, f- a false outrage, right? But, but I, I went back to look to see where the actual where this gingerbread men came from, and what the origin was. And so, it does trace back to Queen Elizabeth the first. Wow! And she had her cooks mold pastry into the shapes of her favorite courtiers. <laughs> and that's that is so interesting go on and so she would give them to the guests as biscuits and they were done in there so if somebody wore a special hat or the bow tie or whatever and they were all men and then they were edible caricatures that she gave around the holidays so that's where this gingerbread man came from is she had the the pastry chefs do them and you know at the at the royal court so they were men they were gingerbread men because that's who courtiers were at the time so um so I, I do think sometimes we do go a little overboard by trying to, you know, push the other way. But she she found a, she found something here to stick her flag in and she stuck it in. And she's going crazy. I'm not so sure I'd go crazy over it, but it, but um, this is how people like Donald Trump went. Yeah, I'm not going to even uh, it's 100. You're right. Well, they make they make a case out of nothing. I mean, she's really making a case out of nothing, but. You know, it, but it hooks into someone's fear yeah. of here we go again. Can't say Merry changing. Christmas. Yeah, you can't say Merry Christmas. Yeah. You no, know, and and you do have a point. You know, you know all the Shrek movies. Gingy, there's a gingerbread man. He's a, he's a guy, and, yeah. and he's one of the main characters, and he's funny. So I think we we've all associated a, a gender with the gingerbread man. I don't see, it. but but it, it doesn't negate the fact that if a bakery wants to say gingerbread people, who cares, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a Raggedy Ann doll. It's going to be Raggedy Person doll. You know, it's, it's yeah, Raggedy Ann. It's Raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann, and then we had Raggedy Andy. That's yeah, right. You know, so right. Come on, okay. let's 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 get over this. So, the uh, second story we have here today, which uh, was one of our favorite organizations, the One Million Moms, which we really know is two people in Mississippi, but at, a, at an ugly table on a linoleum floor in a <laughs> kitchen with a with a fan going right. Okay, part of the AFA, the American Family Association. They're all tuned up with Sephora, which is the uh, retail uh, makeup line or makeup shop. And uh, so it says anti-gay evangelicals attack Sephora for including a happy gay couple in the new commercial. So um, this woman who runs um, runs the AFA, I think her name's Monica Cole, is calling for a boycott of Sephora. Of course, they boycott everything. But uh, so she's upset because this ad doesn't just feature women because she thinks Sephora is just for women, um, even though they do sell men's products. But it's Prim- their primary business is uh, is catering to the female gender, I suppose. And uh, but they had a thirty second TV spot, and at the end of the spot, or somewhere in the spot, there's two guys sitting on the sofa. They give each other a gift and they share a kiss. And uh, the ad reads, "You know, give the gift of love." She's all tuned up over it. So she says, "Of course, this is sin, and and this shouldn't be happening, and we need to boycott them." And she quotes the Bible, which we all know is hypocritical. And uh, because if you follow all that, she shouldn't be eating seafood. She should kill her neighbor and all these other things. But um, so I just laughed at it because I thought, here they go again. But I, they do ring the bell to get attention. I mean, the, the, the million moms is out there, right? They've got a good PR machine. Um, they do. And, and considering, as we said, it's two women at a, at a linoleum table on a cracked chip floor with a fan blowing um, in the hot Florida humidity. Uh, <laughs> They've is it they've Florida, also, is it Florida or Mississippi? I never know. Uh, AFA is Tupelo, Mississippi, and One Million Moms, I believe, might be in Florida. Florida okay. Um, but you know, 
really is the geography. I guess it's sort of important, but <laughs> six but one half dozen the, the other. Yeah. Later in the article, they talk about all the other boycotts they've done, including, strangely enough, one against uh, Gillette and their Venus line of razors, simply because the the company dared to actually show what women do with the razor, which is they groom themselves down there. And um, I think, and then the woman, the one of the one of the million million moms, uh, minus nine or ninety nine thousand, says. Can you imagine what goes through the mind of a child when he sees this ad? I'm not sure what goes through the mind of a child when they see the ad because nothing really happens in the ad. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at? Like what? they suggest, you know, they, they're talking about the how safe it is to groom and to, to, to do down there, the down there thing. I think well, sho- just, they were showing how to shave the bikini line, right? Which yes, is exactly. your, your upper thigh. Uh-huh. Right? So when you wear a bathing suit, right. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that ad. Have you seen it? Has, has no, it, no. The ad? Well, there's a couple ads that talk about that bikini line thing, and they they use this topiary as a a metaphor for that. Oh, and the okay. women are standing in front of it, and they like one one, and it was about how how you have to be careful about nicks and cuts. Again, it's promoting the benefit of the product. And no, I don't think creative directors thought to themselves, or if, even if they did, is a five year old going to what's the the five year old doesn't see a toy? They they tune out, they tune back in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being, I'm I'm being ridiculous, but you know, uh, it probably thinks they're trimming the hedge. Exactly what, <laughs> what the metaphor yeah. was. I love, and then they they were complaining about a couple other ads. I've got to go and kind of look up some of these. One of them was the Sonic Drive-in ad, which featured mm. a commercial with people who don't wear bras. I wonder what Sonic was selling for that. You know. Sonic has done that thing where they have a comedic pair. Right. For a while, they've done this where they they banter and it's funny. They do have. Um, I did notice they have a pair of women, like they must be comedians or something, and they talk about you know the kids are at school. Let's go to Sonic and get our uh, get our our favorite shake or something. Maybe it's them. I got to check. Maybe you know, it's a shake, 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 and they yeah, don't, I don't wear bras. They they also come after Etsy for allowing people to sell art or dolls. GM for promoting the electric car. You remember that? Hey mom, hey dad, I'm electric. The coming right. out ad. Wow. Oh wow, that's so horribly offensive. <laughs> Again, yeah. Yes. How you choose to spend your time revolving on this little piece of dirt called Earth that travels around the sun, and you have a limited amount of it. But these these bunch are going to make sure they spend every minute making sure you know how they feel about your products and your ads. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't quite uh, understand where she has all the time, but I guess this is what they do, and they you know ring she 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 gets everybody <laughs> tuned up. So um, you know, be sure to uh, put Sephora on your shopping list. The um, the final article here, I didn't quite understand it at first, and then as I read into it more, I understood what they were doing. But mm-hmm. the uh, the headline is New Zealand to ban young people from ever being able to buy cigarettes. So the country of New Zealand announced uh, earlier in the month that in order to prevent young people from buying cigarettes, they're going to essentially become smoke-free or a smoke-free country by 2025. So in effect, anyone who was born uh, in 2008 won't be able to buy cigarettes or any other tobacco products in their lifetime. And that currently they're going to start lowering the nicotine levels uh, on current uh, tobacco products uh, over time, as well as cut retailers, I think, down from close to 8,000 places that could sell cigarettes and, and tobacco products down to about 500 as they wean the country off of tobacco products and become smoke free by 2025. There's about four or five countries already that have done this, a lot of them in the Middle East, and surprisingly, a couple in uh, South America, I believe Costa Rica and Colombia are two of them, in Uruguay. 
but uh, also Saudi Arabia and a few other places in the Middle East are trying to become smoke-free. Or, this is uh, this article. This this totally cool. fascinates me, and I'll tell you one reason why. It's kind of a stupid reason, but if you watch Turner Classic movies, or if you watch I Love Lucy, or anything that was produced in the fifties and the forties, everybody smokes. Yep. I mean, it, everybody smokes. We were just watching um, a couple of what was it? Uh, the man who came to dinner. Every other minute, someone's looking for a cigarette. You know, and it's like. So this is kind of a fascinating thing to have a to have a country say by 2025 you want no one smoking. You know, tobacco has gone from being the it product, uh, you know, the the thing that everybody did when they were, it was cool to do to being, you know, we don't even if I, if, when was the last time you smelled a cigarette on a street when you were walking down the road, right? I mean, it's weird. You're like, "Wow." But people used to smoke in offices the whole bit. So this was a but then the other thing that I thought was interesting was the percentage of their the indigenous population, the Maori, um, who smoke way higher than the national average is at thirty one percent. While you know at present about thirteen percent of people smoke nationwide uh, in in New Zealand. So uh, that's going to be a hard slog for them to get their indigenous population to kind of say no to tobacco. But that was also an interesting stat to me. Right, and at the very end of the article, it said 80% of the world's estimated 1.3 billion tobacco users live in low- and middle-income countries. And uh, they said the burden burden of tobacco-related death and illness is heaviest, obviously, in those places. Obviously, they, they're doing this as a public health um, initiative, mm-hmm. but uh, it'll be a tough thing because if you are addicted, which you are addicted to nicotine, and when you are a smoker, you'd be, you know, talk to anybody who has been addicted and trying to quit how tough it is. And how easy it could be for them to just start smoking again if they pick it up. So I, I thought um, it'd be a tough thing if you were a heavy smoker in that country, right, to all of a sudden say you can't buy them anymore. And they're illegal, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. So uh, I don't know. But now it's a small country. What's it, 5 million people or less than 5 million people in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that works. But uh, I don't really know anybody. I know. I'm trying to who think smokes of, anymore. I'm trying. I, I was just trying to think if I know anybody I who's, know. A, who's a heavy, heavy smoker. I don't think I do. I know. I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. And I, I do. I'm, I'm with you. I don't know how we used to do it when people would be smoking on planes cross country. Remember? <laughs> remember the smoking section? There was a curtain. <laughs> right. As if that really, as if that really did anything. Right. You, uh, well, you know, Tim, there's always first class air. Yeah. That air up in first. <laughs> What's his name? Someday, Tim and I will tell the story of our little Palm Springs Glenn. moment with someone who had was insisting that the air in front of that curtain was different than the air in back. Was oh, you're paying for that air. air. You're paying, paying for first for class air. air. I want that first class air. Bottle it. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, as many of you uh, know, and uh, and of course you heard at the beginning of our podcast here on Unbutton, that Critics' Choice has been with us since the start here. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And uh, it's a great place for you to uh, add to your library or to uh, give gifts to friends or to uh, buy this special somebody something that uh, they may have wanted or um, to add to their collection as well. So you get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice video logo and start shopping away. And as Mr. Nash says, we're still going to give you a pair of our famous Focus Group Radio socks. If you purchase something, give us a screenshot or take a picture of your. Is it your invoice, John? 
Well, yeah, just what you bought and maybe the invoice, because that sometimes has your address on it. And, and do provide your mailing address and send it to letters at uh, fo- letters at focusgroupradio.com, and we will send you out a pair of Focus Group Radio socks. In fact, I just sent out a batch the other day, Tim. Cool. Cool. Did you see anything uh, that, that, that I worked? I have plenty of things to recommend. I, a few weeks ago, I might have mentioned that I had noticed that the movie Heaven Can Wait, starring Warren Beatty, it was his reimagining of the famous uh, 1938 play play in 1941 film here comes mr jordan was cleaned up and re-released on blu-ray well i ordered it from uh you know chris joyce and it arrived along with another movie i'm going to recommend and i popped it in and i gotta tell you when they clean up a movie and they re-release it it's kind of like seeing it in the movie theater you, the colors i mean even though this was shot in uh, what was the year this is the year 78 came out the year after star wars Buck Henry uh, co-directed it with um, Warren Beatty, stars Julie Christie, James Mason, Charles Grodin, Diane Cannon. They're hilarious. Maybe it's me, but this movie, I just, I watched it all the way through. I was like, oh my God, it looks like it's in the movie theater. So I, I've recommended it before. I'm a broken record. I apologize. There's another one that I, that I ordered uh, that I got, and it's called The Tree of Life. And this is the uh, legendary director, Terrence Malick. And this movie is a real interesting film. It's received a lot of critical praise. And to me, the minute the Criterion Collection decided to make it part of their library, that says this movie's arrived. It's an interesting, interesting film. And it stars Jessica Chastain and Brad Pitt. And it's, I'll just say it's, it's about life. And it's, uh, boy, that's open-ended <laughs> of course you could always get other things at critics choice that aren't so you know high high and mighty and fluent uh just to repeat though if you do shop at critics choice uh, and you're a listener here of uh, tf jam bund and you want a pair of our focus group radio socks send us a, a pic of your um, purchase and maybe your packing slip if you want us to see the address or send me your mailing address as well to letters at focusgroupradio.com and we will honor that by sending you out a pair of our famous focus group socks everyone's happy that it's getting them currently we want to thank critics choice video again for being a partner of ours here on tfgm fun they're america's classic movie and tv authority since 1987 last century folks everybody have a wonderful holiday and uh, we'll probably see you ew, tim right after the new year the week after new year right? 2022 we'll see you in the new year <laughs> take care It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.